I believe in the future that there won't be a distinction between traditional banks and like crypto native banks like us. Because traditional banks, they are going to want to plug into services like us so that if you are a customer, you can choose to buy fiat, you can choose to buy commodities, you can choose to buy Bitcoin, um, and it's all within the safekeeping of your bank. Welcome to the Next Gen Banker podcast, where we explore what's next in banking and talk with the innovators responsible for creating positive change in the financial sector. I'm Becca Heft, Sunrise Bank's Chief Brand Officer, and I'm here with my colleague, Brian Toft, Sunrise Bank's Chief Revenue Officer. We are so excited to welcome Jennifer Liu to the show today. Jennifer, thanks for being on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, before we get started, just a reminder, stick around to hear our musical feature at the end of the episode. Each Next Gen Banker episode showcases one new musical artist from somewhere around the world representing a wide range of genres. So be sure to check it out. Now let's hear about Jennifer because she has a fascinating background. Jennifer is the head of lending at Anchorage Digital, which is a digital asset platform that includes a federally regulated crypto native bank. Jennifer also has experience as a senior manager of finance at Alibaba Group, and she worked at JP Morgan as in asset management and at Morgan Stanley. So we've got a number of questions for you, Jennifer, and let's get to it. Becca, you want to lead us off? Yeah, of course. All right, Jennifer, you have this really interesting background in that you have this really rich finance depth of experience. So I, I just need to know, like, how did you grow up in finance or how did you knew that you were going to be in finance? I think back when I was in grade school, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. Did you hold up that sign and say, I want to be in finance? That's a great question. And actually, I uh, I studied engineering in college and I somehow find my way into Wall Street. Um, so I started off my career with an engineering background um, on Wall Street in the mid 2000s. Uh, and I actually experienced firsthand the downward spiral from the financial crisis. Um, it was it was a really difficult start to anyone's career, but I think it taught me a lot of lessons about how every uh, counterparty was interconnected. And there was so much contagion among the desks. And so it was a really difficult start. But on the other hand, I was also able to be there when the banks were being rebuilt. And I got to see how every bank kind of repositioned their growth strategy and changed how they were thinking about things before uh, because there were new risks that they never thought about in the past. Um, and after a decade of on the investment management track on Wall Street, I joined Alibaba around the time of their IPO. Uh, and it was incredible to be part of this global fintech e-commerce platform serving 1 billion users. Uh, and my experience there, one of the most important lessons um, I learned that I still use today is that it's possible to move fast and pivot while operating at scale. Um, and that's one of the things that I take away when I'm leading the lending group at Anchorage today. Uh, so after 15 years of working at large scale global companies, I wanted to be part of something where I could help build and bring something new to the community. Um, and cryptocurrency was the best place to do that. 
I'm I'm in Puerto Rico now where cryptocurrency is like a thriving uh, industry down here. Uh, and I'm really enjoy and in all of the the new innovations that come out like almost daily. Uh, and and the reason why I enjoy being in crypto is that I feel like it's a place where I can draw on my past experience in the financial services and in the tech industries to really influence the future and to help the community grow. That's really fascinating. And uh, to hear about your career journey, especially, I mean, through going working on Wall Street uh, during the financial crisis must have been a very formative experience and now moving into crypto, which has its own ups and downs here, particularly recently, probably seeing some same threads in that. Um, hearing about the career journey, uh, I want to also hear about the personal journey. So going from Manhattan and then the pandemic hits and you move to New Jersey, it sounds like, and now in Puerto Rico, would love to hear more about that and how you made those decisions. So if you're if you're living in Manhattan and you decide, okay, we got to go to New Jersey, and then you're like, now we really got to go somewhere else, and now we're going to Puerto Rico. Tell us, uh, tell us about your thought process there and why you decided to do that. Yeah, I think it's also really reflective of uh, how what you've seen in my career as well. Um, so when you're working in Manhattan, everything's very regimented. Uh, you're going on the path trains. There's like a set time that you get into the office. It's a very regulated routine. You see the same folks. Um, and so it, it kind of molds to also what people uh, think about when they think about a Wall Street co- career. It's it's your club. It's in and out. It's your same kind of mold. Um, I was really looking for something different. And you could see that with the move to Puerto Rico, trying to experience like what is beach life like? I've, I've never really been a beach person. Um, and so I tried it out. And uh, there's a lot of white space in Puerto Rico. There's a lot of freedom. Um, and a lot of, you'll find actually a lot of business owners uh, in, in Puerto Rico, because I think there's this creativity in this space to um, do what you feel you are passionate about. Uh, and, and that's why I also enjoy being part of the crypto ecosystem, because you're really... Uh, so it's it's the grass is uh, is green. You can do whatever you're interested in, and um, as long as you're uh, driving towards something you're passionate about, you can really make an impact. That's great, Jen Jennifer. Um, a question, you know, when I think about because I was starting to do some research on Anchorage Digital and understanding what they were, and you know, for example, I bought my first Ethereum through Coinbase. Um, and I understand Anchorage is not like Coinbase at all, but because most of our listeners work in the banking and fintech space, how would a bank or a fintech partner or work with Anchorage? Yeah, so um, Anchorage launched in 2017 with custody uh, because that was our most pressing need in the early days of the industry. You need a secure place that you can trust to hold your assets. Um, from there, we launched into other services as the market matured, trading, lending, staking, and governance. You can all do that within um, the security of the Anchorage platform. So also since then, we've, um, as the crypto industry has matured, we've also begun partnering with a lot of banks fintechs and financial institutions so that we can enable them to bring crypto services to their end customers. 
And the reason why they want to partner with us is for our compliance, um, our regulatory status as an OCC charter bank, uh, and our technical security. Uh, so just to give you some examples of how we've partnered with traditional banks. Um, so we partnered with Bank Prov and Newberger Berman with crypto-backed U.S. dollar loans. So we help them manage collateral that's crypto because that is our expertise. Uh, second, we recently announced um, a custody exchange network. So uh, we would like to see the future of crypto uh, more in a similar kind of footing as TradFi in that exchanges will need to segregate client funds while still providing direct access to trade. That is very important um, in our view to safeguarding client assets. Um, and then the, the third thing that we've done recently is that we joined the American Bankers Association. And, and the reason why that we joined that is because, you know, we want to learn from traditional bank members, like what are their needs? And at the same time, we want to share with them, like what we're seeing in the digital asset market, how can we help you? Uh, you know, we want to bring crypto to more people. And for us, because we are institutional, we want to enable other institutions to bring it to their customers. You mentioned um, kind of being having a, a bank, uh, OCC bank. Um, how regulations are still forming with crypto, and you're hearing a lot about that in Congress. Even how are you dealing with that? I'm just curious. What's your take on how regulations are forming as crypto and currency comes into the mainstream? Yeah. So we we believe in working with the regulators because. To enable more institutional adoption in the space, you need a, like a very sound, a regulated footing. Like institutions have to understand that um, what they're doing is in line with what the policymakers are thinking, uh, and so that's that's why we felt it was very important um, to get an OCC charter bank because we are now on the same regulatory footing as other national banks. Um, and so they are comfortable working with us because they know who our mm. regulator is. Uh, and I mean, the only difference between what we do and what a traditional bank does is that we hold crypto assets. Um, so like traditional banks, you hold gold stock certificates. Uh, we just hold crypto. Um, and we have the knowledge of how to do that securely. Uh, and so we want to be able to allow other institutions to offer a crypto um, kind of offering to their end customers, and they need to feel safe and secure doing that. And that's why they partner with Anchorage. So as the first federally chartered OCC bank in the country, I just have to ask, how hard was that? Yeah, we we always believe in a proactive approach with uh, regulators and lawmakers, because that's what's going to enable a more accessible financial system for everyone. Um, and uh, it's never easy to be the first, but we were initially a South Dakota chartered bank, and we converted that uh, into uh, a federally regulated OCC bank. So as head of lending at Anchorage Digital, I know that's a business line for you. Tell us about what type of lending you do. So Anchorage launched initially with custody. And one of the needs that we found from customers as the market matured was how do we generate yield from our assets? And so that was really the genesis of the lending business. And when we initially started 
um, with this business line in 2019, uh, it was really in product discovery mode. Um, and like, how can we create a, pro a product that solves the customer needs, which is what they're really looking for is balance sheet productivity. Um, and so from there, uh, we, it was a genesis of our approach to the lending business, which is threefold. One, uh, capital preservation is more important than high yields. Um, we originate loans to only the most creditworthy borrowers, and we review all eligible collateral. Um, we safeguard this loan collateral within the Anchorage Digital Bank, which is the federally OCC chartered uh, uh, bank. Um, second, we want the product to be easy to use, convenient, um, with a high quality of service uh, to every client. And then third, we use a technology-driven approach to our risk management and the entire lending platform. So Anchorage is a engineering-first company, and that philosophy has flowed through on our lending business. Um, so if you fast forward to today, uh, we are now one of the leaders in the crypto lending space, and we've originated over $3 billion, uh, in loans. And that is significant volume, given how new crypto is to the financial sector. And I'm curious, what do you think the future is of cryptocurrency, especially as it relates to banking? Well, um, I think one of the things that uh, we are uh, doing is we want to make all our services API-driven. And so um, I believe in the future that there won't be a distinction between traditional banks and like crypto-native banks like us. Because traditional banks, they are going to want to plug into services like us so that if you are a customer, you can choose to buy fiat, you can choose to buy commodities, you can choose to buy Bitcoin, um, and it's all within the safe uh, safekeeping of your bank, which is, you know, some is held in their own custody, and then for digital assets, it's held within someone like Anchorage. Well, Jennifer, this has been super interesting, and I have one more question for you. And we ask this of every guest. What do you think the next-gen banker looks like? If you look at the infrastructure providers in the cryptocurrency space, um, I've worked at two so far, and every mission of these firms is that you're trying to make financial services accessible to everyone. And so that basically it's so that every person can be their own banker. Um, and you have the choice to hold, lend, trade your assets within centralized platforms. If you are looking for security, uh, you want a regulated framework, and you're looking for convenience. But on the other hand, in crypto, you can act solely at your own discretion through decentralized protocols or self-custody wallets. And so I believe that it's this ability to choose that cryptocurrency is bringing, which is very, very unique. Um, and I love it that every person can be their own banker in the future. Jennifer, I love hearing your passion. Thank you so much for your time on Next Gen Banker Podcast. We appreciate uh, your insights into banking and into crypto and the future of all of this together. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker Podcast. We'll see you soon. For this episode's musical feature, we're showcasing Ramona Wolf. 
Ramona Wolf is the cool older sister of Aaron Sprinkle and Jesse Villa's project, Luna Wave. She is nostalgic, fresh, a bit moody, and pretty sentimental. Ramona Wolf channels the obsession with 90s and early 2000s into indie music that has shaped the worlds Aaron and Jesse live in. Here is Sinking by Ramona Wolf. I'm sinking into you just like a was Sinking by Ramona Wolf. You can find more of Ramona Wolf's music on Spotify. If you would like your music featured on the Next Gen Banker podcast, email david at nextgen-banker.com with a link to your music and website. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you next time.